Good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This podcast is inspired by very recent events. <laughs> and one of the things that I want you to know is I am right here in it with you. I am not preaching from the pulpit. I am not holier than thou. I'm also not very religious. So those allegories are probably not fully in alignment, but I am in business and I've got a few different businesses. Now, are they your business? No, but I've been doing this for a really long time and I will keep doing this. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to get into business coaching and to create this podcast is because when you are breaking the mold, when you are trailblazing, when you are creating something you've never created before, it can be really scary and hard and it can be challenging to find the support that you need. Cause not a lot of people are helpful when you tell them you want to start your own business. They like to tell you the fact that, you know, 80% of small businesses fail and fun generalizations like that, or better yet, when you're in business and you've been there for a few years, five, 10, even, and they see you working so hard, they see you sacrificing many things from their perspective and they don't get it. And they tell you to stop working so hard, or they tell you that you're doing it wrong, or they tell you how they would do it or what they think. And that's all well and good. They're just trying to help. But my intention with this is for you to know that you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. And if things are hard or challenging or exhausting or stressful, it's probably just changing a few small things in your day to day and potentially even as easy as just thinking differently about something you're consciously engaging it in a slightly different way to create different results. This morning, I had a very uncomfortable conversation with a client, and this is in my financial consulting firm. So this is a multi-million dollar business, and it's actually a nonprofit that we support in their accounting department. And we have been flexing and changing with their business needs. Obviously, it's been a crazy, crazy year, <laughs> 18 months really since um, that year that we shall not speak of. And we've supported all of our clients. Everyone has had to slash budgets, not just, you know, cut a budget, but drop it by 75%. And they still want the same amount of work. And being a small business, we can be very flexible. We can be very creative. We can offer unique solutions. We can change our support and our agreements on very short notice. And we do this with the intention of, of trying to create the best solution possible. Sometimes when you continue to, you know, Frankenstein an arrangement together, it just doesn't work. This can happen in any business and at any time. Sometimes your customers, clients, buyers, whatever you refer to them as, their needs change, their priorities change. Sometimes your needs and priorities changes. Sometimes the market or the environment or the political landscape changes. And by sometimes, I mean, that's always going to happen. Now you can use your values, which you know is one of my favorite tools to stay in integrity and to clearly communicate this evolution. But sometimes you people aren't going to want to hear it. And that was the case this morning. And I am not one to use internet buzzwords lightly. Uh, if you've been paying any attention to me for a long time, I went on a, a pivot rampage last year 
because people start using these terms and they don't really realize the the true or I should say there's no such thing as true meaning at the, the origin of meaning pivot is a strategy used in tech companies and product development. It does not mean you completely change your entire business strategy and trajectory and start creating a totally new product or start a completely different direction in your business. It's again, it's a strategy of iteration and improvement, not a um, 180 degree shift. Another term that I was introduced to was gaslighting. And we've all been gaslit, to use it in the past tense. And it doesn't feel great. It's only recently that I've really tuned into this concept because I am someone who likes to take responsibility for everything, especially if there is a quote unquote problem, because then I can quote unquote fix it. And it took me a long time to realize that that's an, a very judgmental place to come from because who am I to suggest that anything is a problem, especially when it's not something within my direct control. I'm very familiar with this feeling, but it's taken me a long time to understand that's what gaslighting is. It's when the situation or the person you're communicating with is trying to convince you that this is your fault, you've done something wrong, and it's your responsibility when in actuality... If you're being gaslit, you haven't done anything wrong. It's just simply that, again, the the person that you're communicating with or potentially the scenario that you find yourself in is out of alignment. It is not a good fit. And there is not a clean exchange in terms of communication going on. <laughs> your customers, your clients, your buyers, they can gaslight you as a business and sure, the customer is always right, and that can be done in a respectful manner, but you know the customer sometimes has outlandish demands, expectations, and needs that are just not within the scope of work or the service agreement or the exchange. You know, when you've got someone who's paying a minimal fee and they want maximal results, <laughs> there's there's probably going to be some disappointment. Now, oftentimes, if it's such a uh, strong mismatch as like that very vague example I just gave in terms of someone's paying like bottom line prices and expecting top of the line service. You as the business really need to address what you're offering there. There's There's been mismatched expectations. And this happens a lot when we're first getting into business. We say yes to things and we agree to do things and we overextend ourselves. And as soon as you realize that's happening, that's when you can have these conversations. And that's when you might feel gaslit. So how do you know? Firstly, it feels really gross. <laughs> like you're kind of going, well, I don't, I don't really understand why this is my fault or how I'm doing this wrong. I've explained myself or all I'm explaining myself in this moment that this is a, a problem we need to solve together. And if that person doesn't hear that, that's actually okay. They're probably not going to understand. That's why we're in this predicament in the first place. So this morning, uh, we were essentially letting a client go. And they were firstly shocked, even though we've been having this conversation with them for months. They accused us of being all sorts of things, including unprofessional, uh, blunt, abrupt, poor communicators. Then they also criticized our service and said that, you know, we were there were, we'd made mistakes and there were inaccuracies in the same breath as begging us to stay on and keep on working with them. So 
what's so interesting is that this particular director, the executive director of this nonprofit had reneged on our contract and gave us less than a week's notice. We flexed and changed with them. They'd made all sorts of decisions in between now and then that have clearly indicated we are not a good fit for their business. They like to keep telling us that we are a remote uh, fractional service accounting firm and they want someone in-house and also in the same breath as begging us to continue working with them and telling us how we've become integral in terms of their business. They also like to say that they just want someone in-house, which is not how we work. So it's not a great fit. But this individual kept telling me how unprofessional I was, how bad of a communicator I was, how I was being interpreted, and then also threatened to let the rest of the professional community within which we work know (laughs) their experience. So yeah, it can get messy when we feel gaslit. And it is very easy to go to a dark place where you assume it's your fault, you start backpedaling, you start saying yes to things that you know don't work. That's kind of how I got here in the first place is I said yes to a bunch of requests that I knew didn't make sense, but I, I really wanted it to work. So in the moment, when you start that to feel that, that sensation of, I don't understand what I've done wrong here, but I keep being told, I keep hearing I've done something wrong. You're probably being gaslit. And now if you haven't, I mean, this has been such a fucking hot topic. I'm like so late to the party on this one, but it's just because I generally don't like to, uh, to get too um, on the bandwagon when it comes to internet buzzwords. However, my purpose, I'm recording this episode two hours after this conversation because I'm standing shoulder to shoulder with you, navigating the tumultuous waters of small business leadership and ownership. And sometimes it's not fun. Sometimes it can be really challenging. It can get messy. When things get overwhelming, when it gets messy, allow that contraction. I use a a strategy called tactical empathy, especially when it's client facing forward communication, where I, I firstly am not going to bite. I'm not going to say something like, uh, am I correct in understanding you're currently threatening us while also asking me to keep working with you? That's an interesting, interesting approach. Or remind them for the 18th time that they're the ones who reneged on the contract with very short notice and continue to make decisions that I have opinions about, you know, yada, yada, yada. I can get in there. I can, I can bite, I can take her bait, or I can just take a step back and just allow the mess, allow the contraction, allow the experience to be what it is. I know the end result. I know that we're not designed to work with each other and I'm just going to let that happen. (laughs) Tactical empathy is where you repeat back what the person is saying And then you take it one step further and then you stay quiet and you let them fill in the blanks. So I said, I'm hearing that you feel as if this is a very abrupt change. I'm sorry that two months of discussion and notification and the proposal that we sent you has not been enough lead time for you and your organization. 
And then she started to say, well, if, um, you know, with the, the contract, I know it says 30 days, but maybe we could 60, could we do 60 days or even 90 days? Um, you know, we do want to end on a, on a positive note. Tactical empathy works really well for me. I don't, again, I like to give credit where credit's due. I'm not sure, uh, who invented that. I've heard it in a couple different books that I've read. Um, what does it leave? Nothing on the table. It's definitely in the biz Inc that I recommend that book. I'll put it in the show notes as well, but yeah, tactical empathy, super simple, three steps, repeat their words, take it one step further, read between the lines and then be quiet and let them fill in the blanks. They'll feel heard. They'll either be able to correct you if you didn't understand them or dig deep enough in terms of the the second step, that reflection back, which again puts them, it will feel as if they're back in power. If they say, no, no, that's not what I meant, but dot, dot, dot. And then third, just by staying quiet, you're allowing that contraction, you're allowing that messiness, but you're not taking it on. You're not owning it. You're kind of letting them fill in the rest of the blanks <laughs> to steer the conversation. The, the, the reason why gaslighting feels so gross is because it's not our fault. We probably learned a long time ago as a kid that everything's our fault, right? And for some of us, it's, it's a control issue when we get fearful of the outcome, when we are seeking to create something perfect or the ultimate success, when we take control of the situation and then it doesn't go according to plan, it can feel like we've made a mistake, like we've done something wrong, that we're bad, we're inherently bad. Now, where we picked that up, where you got that, how you learned that, definitely worth reflecting on, but also know that's not true. And even if we have made a mistake, even if we have done something wrong, that doesn't make us a bad person. And that doesn't mean that this is our fault. Unless you exist in some kind of a vacuum bubble, <laughs> there are other people, there are extenuating circumstances, there are changing timelines, there are environmental and political factors, so much going on. I hate to break it to you, but you are not in charge of it all. And you are not that powerful to be able to control every single variable in your environment. So with that, take a breath and give yourself some grace. Start with a little bit of self-love. The only reason that you're here is because you took a big, brave step. And it's okay if it's a misstep. We learn the most from our mistakes. That fear response, that shame response, that desire to avoid this discomfort as much as humanly possible, that's kept you safe. It's kept you alive. It's probably kept you in the good graces of most of your customers, buyers, clients. But every now and again, we can set that knee-jerk response aside and say, I love myself. I'm doing the best that I can. I appreciate this experience for what it is, a learning opportunity. And I'm going to let go. Oh, it's so funny. Even as I say those words, I can feel myself relax. I knew that's quite selfishly why I wanted to record this because it would help me process this morning. <sighs> know that when that feeling creeps in, that, that 
and once you kind of start to tune in and tune into it, you will understand how gaslighting really feels. And it can, for some of us, induce a trauma response, which is, you know, fight, flight, fawn, or what's the other one? Freeze. None of those are going to create huge success in business. They're, they're going to be a knee jerk, immediate, unconscious response that will get you limited results. Yes, it will move this situation along. It will get you out of the discomfort, hopefully, but it's not going to create a win, win, win. It's certainly not going to create an expansive creative opportunity. Recognize the messiness, allow the contraction, use some tactical empathy, and then give yourself a break. (laughs) Quite quite frankly, a little self-love, a little appreciation and let it go. Something to be aware of is if we're exhausted, if we're overwhelmed, if we're already stressed, if we're already having a bunch of tough conversations, this sensation of gaslighting and even just being triggered in general is, is going to be much higher. It's very easy to personalize and catastrophize when things are already challenging. Have that awareness if you're stepping into or suddenly found yourself in a really hard conversation ask yourself, do I even have the capacity for this? One of the things that this particular director wanted was to have multiple meetings to discuss this. I don't have the capacity for that. There's been the opportunity for these meetings that she's turned down. Everything happens on her schedule and I'm tired of that. Is she going to perceive me as being unprofessional? I'm sure she's already told me that five times today. (laughs) Like, is she going to smear my name? Potentially. Here's the thing. If she does business like this with me, she does business like this with everybody. I've found that people who act in a certain manner professionally, they tend to be pretty consistent with that. Shit talking is never a great way to build business. It will certainly find you a whole bunch of other shit talkers, but I can't control that. And I'm not going to let that inform my decision-making in regards to this particular situation. Again, once you recognize the feeling of being gaslit, give yourself the space. Don't try to solve this problem or make decisions from here. I talk a lot about the seven levels. Wait till you're at a level four or a level five where you're feeling the trust, the love, the ability to get creative, find the advantage move. Whenever we're in that fight, flight, fear, or freeze response, we're we're in a binary state. It's a win or lose. It's good or bad. It's right or wrong. It's a problem that needs a solution. And there's one, maybe two, (laughs) win or not lose. That's not, that's just not, there's always more opportunities than that. When you can take the step back, ask yourself, I know on the other side of every challenge is an opportunity. That means that there is something in this that will be an advantageous move. So if I can't see that yet, if I don't know what that is, that's okay. Cause I know it's here. I've done this enough times. I'm practicing this trust and this expansion and shift focus. There'll be a million other things you can do. I know that's why you're overwhelmed, right? So 
yeah, pick, pick a different activity. I phoned a friend, the consigliere that I <laughs> refer to often in this podcast. I had a couple meetings with some of the employees that would be more impacted by this particular situation to get their take on it. At the end of the day, you know, I can go to bat with another business owner, but I'm not the one on the, on the front line, right? So yeah, I've got employees that are in the trenches with this, this business and they should absolutely have a say on, on how this situation is going to (laughs) unravel moving forward. You know, and so after a handful of conversations and some space, I, I definitely got outside for a little bit. I reminded myself, I've I've been doing the best. And one of the challenges is, is this person hasn't heard anything that I've had to say. The, the, the expectation that they will suddenly start listening is is unrealistic. Just between you and me as well, these, these women run very established nonprofit that deals with trauma situations. So I absolutely found myself questioning me and, and, you know, everything they accused me of being, because who am I to stand up and disagree? (laughs) And maybe I, maybe I didn't give them a long enough lead time, or maybe I didn't explain this well enough or, or, you know, again, what had, did I do wrong? I have to catch myself because of my tendencies to take responsibility for everything, because of my problem solving attitude and know that that desire to control that fear, that comparison itis is coming from shame. It's coming from fear. It's only as real as I choose to make it. And in fact, it doesn't matter. I can appreciate the desire to fix this without taking responsibility for it and without being gaslit. They can think whatever they want. They can disagree with me. They can threaten me. They can backpedal. They can make accusations and I don't have to respond. To summarize, (laughs) um, your customers, clients, and buyers will gaslight you in business. They will treat you like you've done something wrong and it's your fault. In the moment when that's occurring, you will recognize this feeling, especially now that I've called it out. Most of you have probably already dove way deeper into this because you pay attention to things. <laughs> I, uh, oh, I'm just, it's a funny story. I, I don't know why this is coming up, but my best friend was going through the conversation she needed to have at work with me. I get all of the calls when people need some professional advice, obviously. And so she was kind of going through several different iterations. Well, if she did have this conversation with her boss and if she had that conversation with her boss and what if she presented it like this? And I said, wow, you put so much time and attention into planning what you say. And she was like, yeah, that's what most people do, Nicole. And I was like, oh, they don't just watch all of the words fall out of their mouth in real time and then and then clean up that mess. I think I share that because one of the things I, I thought was maybe I wasn't prepared enough for this conversation, but this conversation has been in it's been going on for nine months and I have been I've done my best and I'm now done and that's okay. When you feel gaslit, take a moment, recognize what's happening and you can tap out. You can literally say, I'm getting a little overwhelmed. You can make an excuse. Something's just popped up. 
it's not a lie and say, can we reschedule and talk about this in, in more in depth? Use tactical empathy, repeat what they've said in their words, take it one step further, read between the lines, compare notes, and you do that by staying quiet after. <laughs> Let them say the next thing, make the next move. And you can continue to use tactical empathy over and over and over again. It's pretty amazing how much people love hearing their words back. I have copied and pasted <laughs> people's statements before and then just said, that sounds really tough and left it. And they've been like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's felt a little robotic at times, but it's it's gotten the desired result. So tactical empathy, really useful in the moment you feel like you can't get out of it and you need to continue this conversation. When you have the time, show yourself some love, some grace, some appreciation, recognize that fear, that shame is just trying to keep you safe. It's done a really great job. It's going to be set aside for the moment while you get to a place where you can be expansive, creative, and bring in the resources that you need to create a win, win, win for everybody. And that might be walking away. A win, 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 you know, one of the ideas where everybody wins is if we can't play that game where everybody wins, then we simply don't play. And that's that. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be a winner or a lose. It can just be a not right now, not the right fit. Some will, some won't, some are waiting, so what? Alrighty, I feel like I'm getting to the point where I am repeating myself, so it is time to make awkward goodbyes. Until the next one.